It's not a Tuma. That's not what's there's Name your thing movie. of Arnold Schwarzenegger, but yeah. it's not Tuma. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. In Kindergarten Cop. It's not a Tuma. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> Please, God, can we get her to shut up? To me. I'm Josh Sigmund. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for money, business, and elevating my game. Bryn is my co-host. She's my friend and marketing director for my mortgage team. That's right. I'm a marketing girl, a mama of three, and wife of one. And like Josh, elevating life, business, and relationships, well, it's my jam. This season's topic, elevate your game. What do you want? Do you want to push personal limits, find joy, be more present? Be a better parent, have a sexier marriage, make more money, save more money, start your own business, develop a hobby, or strengthen important relationships? Impact the world, be a better boss, or create a stronger business? Then you are ready to elevate. And this is the place to do it. Are you ready? Sigmund Sense Season 3, Elevate Your Game. Welcome back. Are you ready? Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to Sigmund Sense, and I am ready. Well, that's good to hear. Yes. Thank you all for of you that have subscribed and that are listening and that are commenting and are emailing and doing all the things. Thank you so much. Um, it's been really fun. And don't forget to check out the shorts page. Um, it's called Short Sense. I hear it's so short. It is short. It is short. So uh, the best five to eight minute clips of every episode you can digest quickly um, are on that page. So, and we're doing hashtag shorts. <laughs> <laughs> She's the creative genius. Josh doesn't know what that is. So Don't know just, what that he means. He just laughs. I just, he, he laughs nervously when he has no idea it. what we're talking about. It's a giggle. It's more of a giggle. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Bryn? Pivot. 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 All right. I think it's a relevant topic. So much so, I've been talking about this with our business partners, with our company, with coaching for every bit of 30 days now. And, and let me kind of explain what I mean. So the, the word pivot, right? So I want you to think in terms of pivoting is just a change of your angle of attack. That's all. Like it doesn't mean stop doing everything. So think about this being a business conversation or a personal conversation or the way you approach a relationship or uh, whatever it is, right? It's just not working out the way you expected it to work out. So um, the conversation today is about pivoting and pivoting is about just changing that angle of attack. So maybe you need to change a little bit, maybe you need to change a lot. Uh, but I do think that there's a better process that can be utilized to give you a better chance of success because, you know, certainly if the first answer is, is that obviously doing the same thing over and over and over again, if you don't like the results, don't do it anymore. Um, mm -hmm. whether it's the definition of crazy, right? Yes. Is doing the same um, thing over, same and, thing over, over again, and over again. So we're not going to do results. that. Uh, I would also say that a lot of people just choose to do nothing because what, they do, what they're doing right now is not working. So they're like, ah, screw it. I'm going to give up. This doesn't work for me. And that is equally stupid, in my opinion. Um, and so really what, what it comes down to is, is there a systematic way that you can approach a problem to make it better? And so uh, I, I absolutely believe that that is a, a um, truth. But let's talk about this too. Does there have to be a problem to be to make a pivot? Uh, so let, we're talking about I, elevation. I love, like well, I love that. So let's just say that you're not uh, thrilled with a area of your life and you want to be a little bit better. So let, this, that's a great starting point. I want to talk about the three A's. So my business coach uh, brought this up because you're right. It doesn't have to be horrible. But you just want to be better. Like, because we're talking about elevating, right? So, um, you know, like, yeah, it doesn't have to. Actually, it, this let me be. I'll be vulnerable for a second because this is a this is perfectly what you're what you're talking about. So, 
uh, I want my marriage to be incredible, not mm-hmm. just average or good, right. or even better than good. I want it to be incredible. Like, why wouldn't I? Right. I'm married, married to somebody for 50 years. I might as well like make it incredible, I right? I mean, and uh, and so you know, I'm constantly looking at ways I can, you know, date my wife better or love on her or learn about. Like, I'm I'm reading this book right now. My son was in the car. Poor guy. <laughs> the book is <laughs> I shit you not. The book is called uh, She Comes First. Um, but it's, it's a book that some of the women in my office were saying, Hey, this is really good to understand women better. Yeah. So I'm literally listening to this book in the car and Mason's like, dude, why are you listening to books about chicks? And I was like, well, there's three of them in my household. I've got a (laughs) wife and two daughters and then I work with all women, it seems like. So, (laughs) and uh, we also rule the world. So just, just get used to it. Just get used to it. So, so I'm reading this book or listening to this book in Audible and Mason's trying to understand. I said, look, I just want to interact better. Like that's really it. So it doesn't have to be horrible. Uh, but you know, sometimes I go home and say, Hey, Christy, like, uh, what's one thing I can do be, to be a better husband? And, she, and she's real quick to give me five. Right. And then I'm like, well, here's one thing that, and like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with notice, me? Right? Notice how I did not <laughs> reciprocate the right. question. Exactly. Right. So, yes. so, uh, there's three A's that my coach talks about three A's and well, I want to start pause there. really quick. Is uh-huh. it a good book so far? Yeah. But uh, uh well, let's say it this way. The only reason I'm reading it is because I, it was the fourth female that I respect recommended it to me because I'm always asking like I've never heard of it yeah it's called she comes first it's uh it's an it's more about don't overthink the sex piece of it it's about empowering women um but the three a's that my coach um referenced yeah uh, starts with number one is attitude and I think this is really an interesting place to start the attitude portion is I am broke like here's the attitude I try to take on and, and what my coaching group takes on is I am uh, I am broken I hate it I'll fix it Right, I'm broken. I hate it. I'll fix it. Okay, so that's got to be the attitude you take on to just improve in any area of life that you want to improve on, right? And so, I just had a pop quiz, Brent. I'm just curious of the three statements. What do you find to be the most important of the three statements? Which three statements? I am broken. I hate it. I'll fix it. Oh, most important. Um, yep. Which part of the three? Probably I am broken. Wrong. So let me say I why. I'll fix let, it. Let me explain why though. So it's not I am broken because. A lot of us look in the mirror sometimes like, ah, it's not exactly where I want to be. A lot of us look at relationships like, ah, I could have done better in that conversation. So I am broken is a important piece, but it's not the most important piece of the three. So what's your second choice? Um, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Wrong. <laughs> Here's why. This is why this is important, guys. Uh, everyone does. A lot of people do goals. A lot of people do New Year's resolutions. I'll, so I'll do happy. better. I'll fix it. I will date you better. I'll, I'll do better in business. Like, I'll fix it is a common statement. Uh, the most important piece, in my opinion, is the I hate it because mm. you have to hate it enough to do something about it. Otherwise, you'll just tolerate the average bullshit that you're going through, the average results or whatever. You have to hate it so much. Like, think about, so this will hit you close to home because uh, I know that your son has diabetes, right? Mm-hmm. So remove junior diabetes from the equation. But this is just something we hear about a lot. Um, somebody overeats and overeats and overeats and their doctor says, hey, dude, you should really stop that. And they keep on overeating and they get... Uh, type uh, two diabetes and like, dude, if you keep the shit up, you're going to kill yourself. And then all of a sudden they get type one and they go into a coma and the doctor says, dude, this is the reason like all these years have been saying, you got to listen to me. And suddenly maybe they decide to make a change. Right. But as an example, it's got to be a level of pain and hopefully it doesn't go that far of pain for somebody to fix it. You know, you think about, um, you know, What's that book? Men are, men are from Mars, women are uh, from Venus, right? Yes. Uh, they talk about how a piece of that book talks about how um, when a husband and wife get into a ugly, 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 ugly fight, and it's like close to the end, there's a point where 
all of a sudden the wife brings up the D word, the guy, and the guy's like all of a sudden really to work on shit, right? But if the guy brings up, you know, uh, if, 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 if the woman's already made the choice, it's like too late, right? Right. On the flip side, the guy's willing to work, work on it. So um, whether or not somebody's willing to do, take care of that pain early enough is really the question mark if you get the results, but you got to hate it. So business-wise, uh, you got to think in terms of are you where you want to be? Are you getting the results you want to get? Are you doing the hours you want to get your results done in? And do you hate it enough to do it a little bit better, yes or no, right? So let's assume that I'm right, that the attitude is, I'm broken, I hate it, I'll fix it, okay? okay? So then the second step then is, what's the action? Well, what the action is, is like whatever you're doing, assume 25 to 100% more, right? So I can equate that to business, right? So I know in our business, if I make a certain number of calls, we typically get a certain number of leads, which, which generates a certain number of transactions. If I have a certain number of referring partners, if we get a certain number of leads, which gets a certain number of, of transactions. And certainly, you know, we're recording this here in the uh, late spring, early summer of 2022. And market is changing rapidly in real estate. Right. And so, you know, the reality is, is that we have to have 25 to 100% more, more effort as far as more conversations, more relationships. It's just the truth, right? So uh, you can equate that to, you know, uh, I walk three days a week. Well, if you don't, get the results you want, well, are you walking 30 minutes or an hour, right? Like just do 25 or 100% more, but something's got to be a little bit, the action's got to be increased, right? And then the third piece is, is what's the ambition? Because this is the, the last key of the three A's. The ambition is for what purpose? It's to be a little better, right? It's not about getting, you know, if you're starting to save and, you know, you're finally budgeting. I try to tell, explain to everyone, you're not going to become a millionaire tomorrow because you started budgeting today. Uh, you're not going to, um, you know, get rid of $100,000 of debt because you started paying off debt these last three months. It's getting a little bit better every month. And that compounded over years uh, is what gets you the results that you really want. But you got to get addicted to a little bit better, right? Um, no different than, oh, like the number one way to lose weight is get, just getting the scale every day. Right. Right. You just, it can be 0.1 better. <laughs> But Absolutely, it's yeah. the right direction. I, yeah. In fact, I think what the most maddening thing about uh, weight loss is, is body fat percentage. Yeah. <laughs> body fat percentage is just like to do it uh, in a healthy way anyways. Mm-hmm. It is a slow moving needle, right? It's like 0.5% a week yeah. or 1% a week would be like extraordinary and it feels like nothing. Nothing, right? right. Business is the same way. Money is the same way. Relationships are the same way. Yes, it's about it getting is. a little bit better. It's and so bit. it's the understanding of, you know, in this day and age of instantaneous gratification, you know, you're flipping through your phone and you're getting that little shock of, of adrenaline or uh, that's not the chemical I'm looking for. Uh, dopamine, dopamine thank you. and serotonin. You, yeah, you get that little shock of like the good stuff. Yeah. Really quickly on a dime, you got to understand that for the long-term results, when you're talking about this overall uh, uh, elevating your game in whatever area we're working on, the ambition's got to be a little bit better all the time. A little oh, bit better all the time. Just a little. So that's my starting point for why we need to, why pivoting is relative. Like you said, whether it's a, Big problem or I just want to be improving. Just want to be improving a little bit. Yeah. Even if it's not terrible. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. I hope it's not terrible for you. If you're listening in, I I hope that it's not terrible in your life. Yeah. Right? Like this is not about therapy today, guys. It's about uh, this whole, you know, uh, series is about uh, being a little bit better and elevating your game in whatever area that's important to you. I love it. Okay. So under the first bullet point, so we have attitude, which is the three, and the three questions under attitude is, are I am broken, I hate it, or I will fix it. Yep. Well, it's a statement, right? Statement. It's got to become a, like a, 
what's the word? A daily affirmation, right? I'm broken. I hate it. I'll fix it. I'm broken. I hate it. I'll fix it. Fix it. I'm broken for sure. I hate it enough that I'll fix it today. So to me, the I am broken piece is just being humble enough to uh-huh. admit that you don't have it all figured out yep. and that it's not all perfect. Because I think there's a fair share that um, I don't want to say sticking their head in the sand because it, I think there could be so many things going right, but staying humble enough mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, it, things are going really well and there's still room for improvement, yep. right? So that's the humility piece to me. Um, I hate it is um, a really honest thing to say because yep. the thing that you hate is probably the thing that is the most uncomfortable to address. Mm-hmm. It's something you really don't wanna do at all. So to me, that's gonna be the, the hardest one which is probably why it's the most important one, um, as you said, and then I will fix it. And I think that I will fix it is a matter of when and how. And the will to see it through. And, And the how to me is a lot of times, how can I do one more thing? How can I add anything else to my day, my schedule, my calendar? And so yeah, when being I said the able, one to, uh, 25% to 100% more, you're probably like, oh, God, this is exhausting. Right, yeah. right. And so to me, that takes another direction. That goes to if that's the way you feel about having to do anything else, then the first place to start is to go and look at your calendar and really do some prioritizing yeah. and removing of things that just have to change. Yeah. Because this is causing like this overfill of the calendar is causing bad habits in other areas probably. Well, I love that because that's an excellent segue into step one of pivoting. Well. It's almost like it was by design. It was kind of, <laughs> but it wasn't. Because remember when you taught this last, I wasn't listening. I was totally out of it. You were. And being a space cadet. You were. You were. You were working in the back of the room on our business because we needed it. But let's talk about this. So pivot, 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 pivot. Remember all I'm saying is change direction, change of attack, uh, the angle of attack. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm still thinking. Of, all I'm thinking about is Ross Geller right now. So that's fine. <laughs> Pivot, change the direction that you're oh moving God. the couch. That's right. <laughs> okay. So, so if you're old, like Brent and I, <laughs> old, then you might you might remember the Friends episode that she that she's referencing with with uh, Pivot. But not everyone listening to this has ever heard of or watched Friends. Brent, you understand that. I do not understand that. <laughs> I do not at all, actually. <laughs> so step one of pivot. Here we go. Okay. So step one is you got to address where you are now. Where are you now? Where are you now? Where, where are, you now? are you? And so this is, this in my opinion, is no more than a 30-minute exercise. It can be an hour, but this is not a think about this forever. It's not a week long, a month long. Like that's one of the things I hate the most is people overthink everything and don't do shit. But Well, this goes to the wheel of life. Um, the first part, so we talk about, yeah. yeah, So, um, for those that may be new to the show, um, we talk a lot about the wheel of life and the wheel of life is basically the seven areas of life that you should be constantly evaluating. Um, and when you go through this, uh, task, great word exercise of completing your wheel of life, the first question, the first page is where are you now? And yep. it's designed to be gut reactions and um, honest. honest. So uh, to, just to reiterate, like don't belabor this, whatever your gut tells you or whatever it comes to mind first is probably the right answer and write it down and move on. Yep. 
Exactly right. And so, you know, this is going to be more geared towards, I would say, business in this case. Um, but it's applicable all through it. So the where are you now, there's, you know, five, six questions that I always ask. You know, the first one is always, are you on track or not? So whatever your goal is, so you can apply this in any of the areas of your real life, but certainly in business, are you on track for your goal this year or not? Uh, pause there. If you don't have goals, you're less likely to be successful in life. So just understand that. So have goals. Be okay if you hit them. Be okay if you miss them. It's just a stepping stone. It's not the end of the freaking it's world a, if you miss a goal. Or it's a guide. It's a guide. It's it's directional. It's it's basically, a, a think of it like GPS. It's like, yeah. gives you an idea of which direction you should be going mm-hmm. based on what you think is important at the time of a sentient, sober moment where you, you know, you put some thought into it, right? So you're not winging it every day. But my, my point is, is question one is, you know, are you on track or not? Yes or no? Uh, and, and by how much, I would say. The second question that you ask yourself is, well, what is working? Because certainly there are things that you're doing in your life, in your business, in your workouts, in your spirituality, in your money, whatever it is, that's you're doing well, right? Um, you know, maybe you are actually budgeting. You just don't like the results of the budget. Maybe you are actually, um, you know, getting in 40 hours a week. You're just not getting the results that you want out of the 40 hours a week. Maybe you're getting the results that you want, but you're, you know, you are, you're working 80 hours a week. You know, my point is what is working is really important because you don't want to stop doing that piece. Followed up by the other question, which is what isn't working? And I gave you some examples right there as well. You know, um, earlier I said that, you know, here we are in, in April, May, June of, of 2022, sorry, 2022, and the market's changed. And so what isn't working is that we're having to have more uh, agent and business partner and past client referrals to close the same amount of uh, business as last year. Um, so it's really important to understand that. And if we don't adjust and adapt, then our business will go backwards. It's really that simple. It's also right? a moment to say, um, what is there a different direction we need to go? Sure. Um, so the podcast is a great example. Um, another avenue of referral sources. So 70% of our business is realtor driven at this yep. point. Um, and the vast majority of the difference is past is clients. Past clients. Yep. And so if that's not, if the if what we're doing to market and sell to them is not getting the results, even with the additional uh, people that we've added, that we identified, okay, we need more referring partners, yep. then what's another avenue? That's right. So being comfortable with kind of getting not following the same path you always have and just doing more of it, but pivot to another avenue. And that may take some learning, you know, I mean, to market to a completely different group of people, yep. you know, you may need some new messaging, you may need a different, um, a different tactic to, yeah, that's right. to get to them. So, yeah. So what's working, what's not working. Uh, and so from that, what you just actually said very eloquently is the next question is what needs to be added? Like, do you have a, a new marketing uh, source? Do you have, uh, do you need to add a teammate? Do you need to add a budget? Do you need to add a personal trainer? Like, what needs to be added um, that gives you a better chance? Remember, we're pivoting here, right? So what needs to be added to get you ba- uh, back on track or in a better trajectory, right? The same question then comes up again, you brought up in the segue, which is what needs to be subtracted? Because I'm a big believer in, you know, I, I really believe that you can do more in, in the same or less time. It's about being effective with the hours you've got. Yeah. You know, I'm a family guy first. It took me a lot of years to believe that. Um, I shouldn't say that. It took me a lot of years for my actions to reflect that belief, right? 
Yeah. So if I were to go back and relive uh, Aubrey age zero through six, I've got a lot of regrets. For sure. I was working way, 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 way too many hours. And I was always justifying I hate that you have it. regrets. Um, I did better with Mason. I did better with Presley. Third um, pancake. Well, here I, mean, I am we all, today. I mean. Today, I'm literally <laughs> taking my <laughs> oldest daughter to go get a driver's permit. Yeah. Right? And so, I can't get back those first seven years where I was like her hero. And in about a year's time, she will be saying, you know, other than, you know, I'll see you at dinner time. That's about all I'm going to see yeah. if she comes home for dinner. Dinner, right? So I, I missed out on those couple of years because I was prioritizing incorrectly. I think my point is is that I do I know that you can get more done in less time. Um, it's about being effective, and th- so many books are so good about this. But the four hour work week, four hours, eh? That's a too that's, too few. Yeah. Because um, I do think idle hands do the devil's work. So yes. as long as you have like thirty businesses that each require four hours, awesome. Um, but outside of that, realistically, 30 to 50 hours, I think is uh, a good balance where you can have a good business. You can be a good employee. You can have a great family life. You can still travel. You can do all those things. When you start hitting, you know, I, I hate hearing, and I've, I've heard it many, many, many times. I hate hearing that if you don't work your, you know, 80 to hundred hours, your first in your twenties, you're never going to be successful. I think that's bullshit. I just do think it's horseshit. I think it's the wrong thing to be teaching and listening to. Do you think it's the wrong thing for people with families? And would your answer differ if you are a young, single? I think habits are hard to break, right? So if you're young and single, guess what happens when you're single too long? You get somebody pregnant eventually, right? You get married, you get somebody pregnant. And if you're used to working 90 hours, think about it. The the relationship started with you working 90 hours a week. The relationship tolerates 90 hour a week work. And then all of a sudden you have a baby on the way. And and you're still working 90 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I also think that it's really terrible when a 20 year old kid gets cancer and dies, right? And so they work 90 hours a week for what? So I, I do think that the balance between the gen, you know, Xers and the, you know, whatever you want to call the newest generation, I think there's a balance between the, you know, yes, you want to work and yes, you want to be independent and yes, you need to put money on the table and yes, you need to be able, able to retire. And then the other end of the spectrum, which is, I want to uh, live every day like it's my last day and and, uh, screw the man and I don't want to have a job and I just want to travel the world. Both of those are no different than being very, very far right or very, very far left. They're both stupid. It's somewhere in the middle is probably the right answer. Um, It's not all one way or all the other. Um, just goes okay. Just goes does back it to make balance. Sense? No, it does. It's just yeah, no, so, it does. Somewhere in between, and so, the, but the assumption though has to be, which I uh, can assume I can do more or the same in the in the same or less time. That is that is the that is the answer. That's the assumption. That is. And the if assumption. you don't believe that, it'll never happen. Right. But that what is, is so interesting is how is your evolution, Josh? Because years. I really do. I think I can. I'm almost positive I can and remember a time where your answer was if you are single. And by yourself, mm-hmm. cr- like get after it, yep. get after it. And I'm talking like this probably within this podcast. Within within this podcast is exactly what I was going to say because less than four years. I went say. to the first like I could hear that conversation in the yeah. first studio. So I would say that there's an advantage to it. Like so, I'll give some precursors and asterisks to this as well. Like if you love your job or you love your, if you want to take a risk and be an entrepreneur and you love being there all day long that's fun for you, please do it and do it when you're young without kids and somebody like, there. I think there's a difference, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna go all in and make a run at it, whatever that it, is. That is the time to do That's the it. time to do it, right? Yeah. When, when, when you don't have any other mouths to feed and eyeballs looking back at you or the absenteeism of you is, mm-hmm. is the thing I think about, right? 
Um, I also think that working 40 hours a week and then spending the other 40 hours in a bar, bad choice. So right. it's what you're doing with the other the, the rest of your time. Yeah. Uh, so it's about healthy activities in that choice. So if you're saying, Josh, the second you, I, I time out at five o'clock, I'm gonna be in the bar till two in the morning and barely make, make it back, but I'm having fun. That's poor They're choice networking. as well. They're networking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is spoken like a true, true influencer. <laughs> True right. marketing person. Right. So, but but you guys should be paying attention to what I'm saying, right? Like it's business and life by design. And so when you stand back and look at like that's why I love this. It's so relevant to elevate your game in all things, right? Yeah. Like I guarantee, because I know a couple of my young friends that are old neighbors or like literally they were children and they were my neighbors years ago and now they listen to this. And there's a couple of my past clients that we've spoken over the years that have become their mentor and they're in their mid-20s right now. And I, I literally am like speaking to them. Yeah. It's like, if you stand back and look at your life and you're really happy with it, awesome, keep doing it. But if there's an area of opportunity, you're foolish to waste the, to waste the opportunity Don't waste when, it. Yeah, when you're in your 20s. Because you have so much energy. Dude, absolutely. <laughs> it's absolutely. Energy so but so, but I, I need to finish those questions you though do, too. But, but before you do that, I yep. really, one of the things you said I think is most impactful is if you're in your 20s, you're young, you're single and working and conditioned, um, in your maybe you're in a relationship but not married, and the the relationship is conditioned to ninety hours, and then the change happens of you get married or have a baby, and you're not able to very quickly I, <laughs> identify that a change needs to be made. This is where you're making a mistake. You're like hear that piece clearly if this is you because having a baby is hard enough, um, and so much changes and that is going to make it even more difficult yeah. if that change is not adjusted for very, yeah. very quickly. And uh, it's a different conversation when, when the sp sporting spouse, husband or wife, whoever the sporting spouse is, says, no problem, stay out late, no problem, stay out late. When you don't have a kid, it is, I promise <laughs> you, it's different. <laughs> it's a very different Within 30 situation. days of yes. having a child. Yes. But uh, Cannon, those questions, right? Cannon, so, so wrap it up at the bar a little earlier, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what's working, what's not, what needs to be added, what needs to be subtracted. Yep. What is, so take things off your calendar that you're doing right now that are a waste of time, not getting the results you want or preventing you from doing something that's more impactful, right? Uh, and then the last question that I always ask myself is what I need to learn, right? So there's a skill set that I didn't have three or six months ago that I learned that progressed my career or made me a better husband or made me... Uh, tighter with my spiritual leaders, right? Um, there's for sure something I need to learn for the next three or six months to move the needle. And so if you're thinking about pivoting and what's one thing I, could, I need to learn, I'll give you a great example. So anyone that bought or understands anything about real estate in the last two years knows that from 2020 to 2022, people have been making crazy offers over asking price and multiple offer scenarios. And it's very difficult to get, uh, there's a, at the peak I was hearing it was 15 offers per one accepted contract for one yeah. client, right? So there's a concept that is, is an old concept, you know, we've done it years before, but you, you forget things as you go. It's called appraisal gap management. And basically uh, there's a strategy to managing the possibility and reality of appraisal coming in low uh, in an offer and how do you get your offer accepted? And, it, and I'm not gonna go through that in this, in this podcast, not the point, but basically how do you win out in a multiple offer scenario when you're expecting the appraisal to come in low, which means your financing would change and you want to make sure that you have the cash to make this work or the yeah. payment or make it look like a good an offer. Well, we were teaching that back, you know, 
nine months ago at this point and won lots of offers for our clients. And that was something that agents kept looking at me like, you can't do that. If appraisal comes in, you can get the finance. Like, no, I promise you, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Right. And yeah. all of a sudden we've been teaching this and agents have learned this and mm-hmm. uh, lots of other agents already knew it. But that's a skill set that people didn't have that got learned and it affected their business, okay? Well, that's old news now. If you're in real estate at this point, if you don't understand that, you're just like an idiot and you have your head in the ground. Uh, and I shouldn't say it that way, like ask me a question and please I'll teach you because you should know that. It's a basic yeah. skill set, right? Um, so the question then is, is let's assume we already learned that. Well, don't stop learning. Don't stop learning. <laughs> so what? what's the next thing we gotta learn? So. Maybe, you know, it resonated when I said, yeah, you actually do a budget. You just went, well, maybe you don't do a budget. So let's just try that one out. We yeah. may, may, maybe learn, learn that. I've offered to my team, you know, one-on-one coaching on their personal family budget since I've known you guys. And it's amazing to me that people still on my team still don't he's raise even their hand. Pay, he would even, he's even offered to pay us oh, money. I, I, I literally at this time have a $500 bounty out. If you'll meet with me three times for a bo- to, to go through your personal, so I can help you make and keep more money. If you'll meet with me three times to do it, I'll give you 500 bucks. And like, it's been, thank God three people rose their hands and said, I'll do it. I'm like, for the but love of like, God, people, I had to go behind you and be like, all right, people. Like, Who yeah, is signing up? Because if nobody does, his head is going to explode. It's the craziest thing. But like at some point, you got to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my head out of the sand. I'm going to learn. Well, and you know, and here's the thing, Josh. Here's the thing. What can you learn from this severe resistance? <laughs> yeah. Honestly? Or can you change the no, no, approach? No. Well, I, try, I change the approach. I bribe people. Um, <laughs> No, I, I think my answer is is that it just goes to show you just how uh, embarrassed and or unsure and or uneducated even my team is yes. about money. Yes. Um, yes. I would think, I think it's probably the first. It's that there's an embarrassment and I messed up my mic, so I'm going to hold it for a second. Um, yeah, I really screwed this up. Um, but maybe changing the approach of, you know, a lot of people don't understand what goes into a budget meeting. Yep. Because the things that we hear that they're scared of are so far off base, like oh, that never comes up. Like that's not what he's gonna do. I'm not gonna tell you not. I'm gonna give you information. And you, you do what you want to do with it. I'm not gonna tell you to it's, cancel it. It's not. Um, yeah, it's not. I want to like tell them like it's not super super granular like they're expecting. Like you're not saying let me see your bank statements and let's go through every single item. Well, what is the but, ambition? But the point is, um, you know, maybe removing some of the fear by giving examples of like, hey, like, let's go through a budget. Let me let me run through what we're going to actually yeah. go through. Or let me let's say what I'll do that the next team meeting, what you need to be prepared for before our for or what you need to do to be ready for the first one or whatever. I don't know. But well, the ambition is a little bit better. That's all I care about. It's got to be a little better. Yeah, like, you got to be better in your money. So, you know, those are the five questions on step one of seven, by the way, for pivoting. Um, (laughs) The five questions are, uh, number one, uh, what's working? Number two, what's not? Number three, what what I need to add? Number four is what I need to subtract. And what the last last one, number five, is what I need to learn. And so the whole idea here and why you start here is is you got to know where you are and own it. Own it is the key in order for you to have the ability to make a change to move forward. So step two then becomes, you know, if you think about step one is more about uh, what you can control, 
things that you can control within your team or your lifestyle, or your daily daily routine. Step two is taking note of the things that you can't, right? So uh, things that like, what is the current environment? What is the market? What Where are we in the market cycle? When you think about business, there's a lot of things that change. You know, uh, in my world, just because it's relevant to everyone right now, interest rates are going up. I can't change the fact that rates are going up. The Fed is raising the rates because we have horrible inflation. You got to increase the rates to slow down inflation. It's going to keep going up until that happens. It's just the reality. Um, people that were born in the late 90s, early 2000s that have only seen house prices and I'm sorry, uh, rates in the twos, threes, and fours need to understand that that's not reality. And the average rates have been north of six percent for most of the most of uh, of mortgage history. And so rates in the fours and fives are not bad. Rates at six are not bad. Rates, right. at, you know, there's, you know, rates at 12s and 14, different conversation. Well, but, and here's the thing too, I think the messaging, um, and I think we need to start doing a better job of this. The messaging needs to be that there's never, when you're investing in a home and investing in real estate and a place for your family to live, very rarely is it a bad investment. Well, real estate long-term, historically over 100 years, goes up. It's right. like the question is timing, right? So, But uh, I would tell anyone that if you are planning to buy and sell within a year or two, you better be dialed in and know the market. If you're going to buy a house for 5 to 10, you're probably going to be fine no matter what right. you do. And so I, I don't disagree with that statement at all. And the reality is, is that, going back to the whole point, is if we if we don't pay attention to environmental changes, market changes, where we are in the market cycle, then we could have a very good plan that's irrelevant in the market that we're in. And so it doesn't mean that you can change it, but you certainly can take advantage of the market shifts. Like one thing I will be really clear about is that there are billionaires made in every market cycle. Like there's, you know, go back to 2000, 2021, sorry, 2020 and 2021. Uh, basically, you could buy any kind of altcoin, and you did really well. So if you you know if you if you bought Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of the altcoins that are out there, uh, reality is is that you for sure made money most likely in the latter part of 2020 and certainly most of 2021. Uh, that has shifted now, right? Uh, why? Because backed by technology and the technology sector, Nasdaq got hammered. In the last six months, and so you got some. You know, that's one of many reasons why, you know, uh, prices of those coins have all fall, fallen, right? Cryptocurrency. Um, so, my point here is like, we're acknowledging where you're in the cycle is is a key piece because you could have a great plan that was relevant in 2021 mm -hmm. that applied today makes no sense whatsoever, right? right? In fact, there's a, a book called the 12 Week Year that suggests that the speed of, because of the information age and the speed at which things change is so great at this point that what was relevant 12 weeks ago, just you know yeah. three months ago, right. is no longer relevant today. And so the idea then becomes, we need to make sure that we're having this pivot conversation regularly, a couple times a year. And it's not once a year anymore, like maybe the, the stone ages. Uh, but it's a regular conversation because that market shift happens very quickly. Like if you go to March 2020, uh, that was basically the beginning of the last major, yeah. you know, market down cycle, 40% off, or I think is what we're what, between March and May, I want to say it was a 40% drop in the stock market, right? Uh, but we were in a V-shaped recovery. And believe it or not, by the end of the same year, 
shit, we're um, up, yes, right? Yes. And so people don't realize that the strategy that was employed in January worked or didn't. It certainly was different in April, mm-hmm. which was relevant or irrelevant by the end of the year. And so you have to make note. And then here's the key, because I want to leave it number two alone because it could apply to, uh, differently to all different businesses, right? But think about uh, marketing, operations, finance. Think about uh, uh, when, when I think about this next piece. But anything that outside influence can have on your business needs to be taken note of. It, it's the If you're thinking about a SWOT analysis, these are the threats. Threats are things you can't control, but you acknowledge, like... So really quick, so a SWOT yes. analysis for uh, those that may yeah. not know um, is very a very common practice that's used in businesses, yep. and it stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Yep. And so typically, you know, we'll go through a SWOT analysis once a year. I mean, or I don't know if you do it more than that. Maybe every six months. I don't know. We do ours about once a year. Um, yeah, and, and within it, the idea is that the weaknesses portion, the difference between weaknesses and threats, weaknesses are things you can control, threats are things you can't. Can't. And so, for example, I'm a very highly regulated industry, mm-hmm. right? The government could literally choose to decrease my pay by 80% tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> like, they could literally say, you can't make more than blank effective tomorrow. And, and there's they ha- nothing. And they have. <laughs> they, they've definitely restricted things at different times all the time, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Dot Frank Act is something great to look at as far as a, uh, a regulation that happened. You know, it wasn't overnight, it was, but it was very quickly that changed the face of compliance within my industry. Right. And compliance is now one of the single biggest costs for mortgage lenders, right? But can I change that? No. It's how do I work with it? And here's why this is important because number three is the key. Number three becomes then not, you don't want to just say, hey, I'm on track for my goals or hey, I'm, I'm off track for my goals and hey, the government changed this or oh my God, inflation changed this or whatever. The third step is brainstorming opportunities to make the environment work for you, right? Because again, billionaires are made in every market cycle. When the market goes up, when the market goes down, when real estate goes up, when real estate goes down, somebody's getting really, really, really rich and that's in the business side of things. But it's the same thing with, uh, uh, let's just say, staying home with COVID, right? We said this in a podcast two years ago. I, I literally remember saying, there are some people who are going to come back out of COVID and they're going to be 80 pounds heavier. And there's going to be some people that come back out of being staying home with COVID that know a new language. Yeah. Right? Or there's like, some people that will come out divorced and some, some will be the tightest ty- ever. Some will yes. be divorced, right? So somebody's improving in every market cycle, whether you, it's controllable or not is the point. You might as well brainstorm ways that you can improve in whatever the environment is, right? So the best example I can give um, for something that that I've taken part in in the last two years is I remember going to a, what was it? It was San Antonio Housing Forecast, what it was. San Antonio Housing Forecast comes in every January and it was it was actually, I think I did it virtually. It was 2021, maybe I was there, I forget. Uh, 2021 is when it was though. And uh, I remember hearing about why there was so low, inven- so, such low inventory in San Antonio and South Texas. And it really said that there's so many people that have moved here from out of state, so many new jobs created, that there were not enough lots on the ground currently for builders to start building to ca- take care of the existing need for at least three more years, right? And I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. And so as a result of that conversation, I was talking to a couple buddies of mine that are in the space 
that are builders, that are developers, mm-hmm. that are land people. And uh, about and we have these conversations a lot. It's like, man, we should probably like put some buy, lots on the ground. Yeah, we should buy some and land. so we did. And so um, over the last 18 months, um, there's a group of four of us now that have now purchased three separate ranches that we've developed into thousands of lots. Actually, the first one sets all this month. So there the first uh, entire branch uh, has, was broken down now into 903 lots that are selling wow. on June the 28th. And so my point is, is that there's a lot of people that looked around like, well, that sucks. We have no inventory. And I was like, well, shit, I might as well make money on it. <laughs> right? Yes, it took relationships. Yes, it took means. Right. But I was thinking that way. And if you go back to like the seven, 2007, 2008 stock market, there were people that were sitting around in, in, uh, in Wall Street say, looking at like, Wow, we're making shitty loans. We're buying shitty loans. This like we can ride this thing as long as it goes, or we can guess that this can't happen forever, and let's you know hedge against it, right? And what they called is the big short. You can read books about it. You can watch movies called the big short. And the group of guys that bet against the market in the hottest market, the yeah. you know at the in history at that time, they bet against it, and they made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars as a result. Yeah. So. That brainstorming can be a list of five ten things or 10 things or 30 things that you could use to apply in your business. So I'll just give a, a more micro example and maybe you can think of one too. So let's just say um, inventory. Inventory, since I already referenced it. So inventory drives prices, right? If you have more sellers than buyers, mm-hmm. then you're in a buyer's market. If you have more buyers than sellers, you're in a seller's market right now for the last two years. Nationwide, we're in a seller's market. There's way more buyers than sellers, right? So price goes up because supply demand curve dictates it, right? Well, um, what I noticed with a couple of my realtor friends is that in the last four weeks, inventory in South Texas, where we're at, went from 0.9 months to 1.1 months to 1.2 months to 1.3 months in four weeks, right? Which is really low inventory, by the way. Seven months inventory is considered a normal, healthy market. So it's really low, but it's also called a trend. 0.9 to 1.3 in four weeks is a trend in the wrong direction. And so I'm going to stand around with my thumb up my butt, or I'm going to have conversations, which we've done for the last three weeks with all my agent friends and all the people I coach saying, you have two messages to get out right now. Number one is call every single seller that was thinking about selling in three or six months and tell them they need to sell right now. Because if the market keeps moving in this trend, mm-hmm. we've got factual data behind it, then the reality is is that you're not going to get those multiple offer scenarios over asking price like you would right now. And the job of a realtor with a seller is to get the seller as much money as possible. So tell them, don't wait till Christmas. Sell in the summer right now. Here's the data. So here's right. brainstorming a way to use the environmental factors you can't change. Well, here's another environmental advantage. factor too. Um, you know, we had we hosted a panel discussion with some agents that you know, work with a lot of buyers and a lot of sellers. And one thing I heard loud and clear is their advice to sellers to get their house sold is a lot different now than it it was a year ago. Three months ago. A year ago or three months ago, it was- It's literally three months, it was January Everything needs to be fixed. You need a stager. We have to have it professionally cleaned. It is, I mean, it has to be the shiniest penny on the market. And now that is not necessarily the case. So how can you use that as a motivation? Because I think about myself, right? Like 
if I wanted to move, I at this in this season of my life, I would never ever do it because I don't want to do all the work that would go into making it the shiniest penny on the market. Like I want somebody, like I literally told my mom, okay, if we're gonna list the house, I'm gonna put, you need to put in the remarks and you market it as, come see what it feels like when you're living in it because they're gonna come and see (laughs) what it's going, see how it feels (laughs) when it's not, you know, absolutely perfect. but that can be used as a motivation to people that don't have the time so this to is do a, all of that. This is very, uh, what you just said is spot on what's really funny. And I, I, I love this because this goes back to the speed of the pivot. We've already cycled back. So we literally, I had a conversation with one of the panelists, Helen. Wow. This week that 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 information, which was two or three months, two months ago, I guess, was when we did that one panel. Month, one month ago. Was it a month? One I month ago. I swear we just had this conversation. It's back. Now it's back. Now, to shiny now we're now they're saying, look, so uh, because the inventory is going up and rates have gone up, uh, what's happening now is that people are going under contract, whereas before don't even bother negotiating any repairs. Now contracts are falling apart because things are being fixed. So the conversation with sellers now is, look, you're going to have to fix something. You might as yeah. well get it done up front. So much so that uh, I'm flipping a property with Joey right now. Joey went ahead and ordered a pre-listing inspection which I flipped multiple properties this year, and he it, we're getting four or five things on the inspection fixed yeah. before it goes in the market. I because like, look, smart. it's yeah. well, I don't want to, we don't get a house under contract and then fall out because of a, a repair issue. Yeah, so for it's, sure. it's literally cycled through that. What's in a three, interesting four, five is it seems like it's um, it is more about the integrity of the home is a bigger issue than like the. Um, what am I cosmetics. trying to say? The cosmetics, yeah, yeah. than the cosmetics. Like, yeah. no, you don't need to upgrade those blinds to wood blinds, but you do need to make sure that the gutters are cleared, yep. if that's a thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm more well, on the I cosmetic think it's, realm. Uh, certainly different in every city, and in certainly different price points, too. The expectations are different. Um, but here's the point. You know, you brainstorm the things you can't control about how to use that messaging to your advantage. And uh, that works at, at home as well, right? It's well. I was here's what came to my mind. So I was listening to um, a, a Oprah's podcast. I think it was a podcast of Oprah's, and it was she was interviewing Tom Brady, and I don't really know much about the guy. Like whatever, just is what it like. <laughs> he's I, only the goat, but whatever. I mean, he is. I, I don't know anything <laughs> like personally, like you know, other than that he's married to a supermodel and he's super hot and like wins yeah, a ton. By another super, supermodel. Huh? And has a baby by another supermodel. Really? Yeah. Oh. Bridget Monahan, right? Is that is that am I getting that right? I think he left Bridget I mean, to n- get with a baby. Not only do I have one. To get with <laughs> no, literally to get with the best supermodel of all time. I mean, Giselle. Giselle, yeah. Anyways, point is, um, through his story, he was saying that you know he he never had the strongest arm. He never was the strongest player on the team. He never he didn't. He wasn't always the greatest of all time. And so he had to find other areas where he could shine and he could lead into, lean into. And one of them was leadership. Hmm. He said, so I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go far with this arm, with this speed, with this strength. So I leaned into how can I be the best leader that I can? And that, he believes, is what got him at least his foot in the door to then becoming 
the greatest of all time. That's very interesting. But that's but th- so you think about that, like you know, our kids play sports. So you know, if you're if they're down, um, down in a game, down in in whatever, really encouraging them at this point in their life, like, hey, don't. It's how you act in the in the bad times that will define what opportunities you have in the future. So if it if we're in a down market for business, business is off. We're in this crazy market. Like if you don't rise to the occasion now, holy moly, like yeah. like trouble ahead, trouble ahead. So I think you have to be able to pivot and. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot in there. And I, I know that in the interest of time, we probably need to wrap up this segment. Yes. Um, so we'll stop there on brainstorming. And then please join us next time to finish up the last four steps of pivoting. And so what right? are the last four steps of Priori- pivoting? We, uh, you know, we're, we brainstorm a list that you got to prioritize. Um, there's certainly ways to delegate. Uh, even if you don't have employees, there's ways to delegate pieces of what you brainstorm to get things done faster. Okay. Um, you have to act. Acting is like... Thinking up all sorts of cool shit and doing nothing with it is stupid. Um, it's just a waste of time. So you got to act at some point. So how do you make sure that happens? And then uh, working on your mindset to carry the distance because, you know, we started with the three A's and it's it's pretty difficult to stay focused on it's okay to just win a little. Uh, but winning a little long term is, is what, what um, results in the best longest term gains right absolutely um and so work on the mindset uh, ideas to make sure you make that happen so i love it yeah i, I think uh, it's super important and so i hope you guys join us in the next episode as well but yeah, until then absolutely absolutely so to re uh, just to recap stay with us for the next episode because we'll be talking about the prioritization the delegation um, how to act on all of these ideas that you have, and then um, how do you keep a healthy mindset through all of it? So, um, thank you for listening to this piece. We'll be back uh, mm-hmm. with next time with the with part two. And subscribe and like and tell your friends and comment and yeah, ask questions and yeah. disagree with me if you want to. Feel free to send a, send a little text <laughs> stream. I'd like to hear from you for sure. All right, we'll see you next have time. Have a good one, guys. Bye bye. Cheers.